This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, before we begin, let's do some long overdue thanks. Uh, first off, Gooder Sunglasses people, always updating, always innovating, always affordable, never too serious. Brilliant shades for all occasions. And with polarized lenses, non-slip lightweight frames, what more could you ask for? Oh, yeah, the most expensive pair, 35 bucks, people. That way you get a bunch of them for the price of a poser pair. Head on over to Gooder.com today and get your style together. Also, Scratch Labs, everybody, home of the best-tasting hydration out there. To quote Maris from The Truman Show, I've tried others, and this is the best. That's a movie reference that nobody's going to get. But ScratchLabs.com, and you will never go back, you guys. Hey, um, this is this is yet another road show. You might hear the AC in the background. I am in an RV in in a in a driveway of a family member right now. I mean, we're ultimate. We are pulling the ultimate um, cousin Eddie at this point. We're now pulling the RV into others in driveways and just. I should have stood out front this morning in a robe and said the shitter was full, but. Um, we are on multiple paths um, home from the Belgian waffle ride. Jackson being first one home. He, uh, I'm, I'm in sunny, hot California for a few more days before making the final push back to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we've got the air conditioner running here in the RV. Um, I just figured out that, by the way, if your RV is at too steep of an angle, uh, the fridge stops working. So all of our food is, and my beer is not cold right now because the, the fridge stopped working. So that, that, that's my first world problem for the day. Um, I know the tour just ended, and trust me, we have plenty to talk on that front, but this is a transfer stage of an episode, if you will, right? Jackson and I just completed the 2021 San Diego Belgian Waffle Ride, and we promised to break down of that experience along with what we did, what we learned, what we can share with all of you guys, um, should you ever get the idiot idea to participate in something like this in the future. This, I guess we're going to call as a, I guess, kind of a how the race was survived episode of the Pack Filler. I am Pat Bulger, and with me back home in Portland is Jackson Bulger. How are you, man? Good. Yeah, it's uh, weird to be out of the 
rolling home, but uh, <laughs> but it, but it's good. Yeah, I'm doing well. How was the flight, man? It was good. Yeah, it was good. No difficulties or anything. Kind of a small two by two plane, but it was it was good. You were saying that uh, everybody's a little grumpy though in the air, air in the flight industry these days. Yeah, TSA wasn't having a great day. Um, that's another reason why I always get nervous before I fly, just because I don't I don't want grumpy TSA members yell at me. <laughs> um, which I I think is probably understandable. I bet you know it just seems like everybody in the country right now is so pissed off at each other. Or everybody thinks they're right in one way, shape, or form, and so TSA people probably get to deal with it all day. You know, people going. You know, no matter what side you are on this, on the entire vaccination equation, there I'm sure they're dealing with assholes on both realms of it, and it's got to be just a millionaire, yeah. uh, a millionaire, a nightmare, <laughs> two different mares there. Um, <laughs> I, I, speaking of of that, I, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I'm I'm still recovering. Obviously, I'm still recovering. It is 6:23. We were supposed to start at six o'clock. You texted me at at like 10 to six. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to everybody. I was asleep. I, I went, I, I did some show notes. I, I chilled a little bit. And then the next thing I know, I fell asleep. And I missed. I slept right through. I, I, I still slept like 11 hours last night. And now I just took a three-hour nap. How are you recovering? Yeah, I'm recovering all right. I feel somewhat back to normal. Um, I wonder how... The sit bones are going to handle sitting back oh. on a saddle again. Um, but other than that, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I got rid of a blood blister that was caused by the race. The oh, numbness yeah. is gone, so feeling good right now. Blood blister under your toenail. Yeah, super yeah. weird. Yeah, Your mom and I got to sit up at breakfast in the RV and, and watch you stick a hot knife um, into your blood blister under your toenail for breakfast it was and i'm not saying you were just like screw you guys i'm gonna do this and you put your foot on the table or something like that we were like yeah. giving you advice and sitting there sipping our coffee like it was some sort of a movie scene we were excited to watch yeah yeah it was uh <laughs> it, it was relieving i'll tell you that much <laughs> so let's let's get to it you guys let's start with the basics this is an episode for you grodies out there who want to kind of want to talk about gravel who are kind of not afraid to mix it up in the little different styles and the more popular formats of cycling that are growing right now belgian waffle ride we're going to start with the basics 133 miles over 11,000 feet of climbing the documentation says 11 i've seen some that says 12 i didn't look at my my wahoo so i did what what did you get for total climbing i got 10,028 okay so we're going to we're going to stick to the estimated 11,000 so you know how sometimes they're off 50 ish miles of gravel it sounds uh that you know i heard 30 when we were starting and then i heard 40 sometimes and it felt like 300 miles of gravel um but that's pretty straightforward a event is dubbed the hell of the west coast jackson your opinion well-earned title or not yeah i think <laughs> i think it can take that title you yeah i'm uh uh, we're we're going to get into some pretty strong details here as we get going here. Sorry everybody about the noise in the background, but I'm if I didn't it's 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 
it was 96 degrees when I came into the RV, but um, I, I'm going to say that for sure. And and heat, speaking of which, is is going to be a factor in what happened this year. Rider total was over 4,000 registered for the entire event. Now that is not just the waffle distance. The waffle distance 130 uh, was it 133, Jay? For mileage, yeah, uh, it was 131. 131. Okay, um, that's registered as that. The wafer, which is a smaller distance, uh, scheduled around it says 75 miles in the documentation, and the wanna get it the belgian wafer ride the belgian wanna ride uh at 36 also included so those four thousand riders weren't all necessarily in our dist in our distance um but there i guess um they are claiming that it is the biggest event of its kind in the united states currently because of the numbers are so high and i was blown away that they were able to fit that many people into an event like this yeah it was uh I now understand why they have to do staggered start times for different yeah. categories. Uh, J Jackson, off the top of your m memory, you're usually better at this kind of stuff. Uh, some of the pros that took place in this event. Yeah, so whoosh, the likes, man, there were there were quite a few people that showed up. So Ted King uh, showed up, Pete Stetna, Colin Strickland, um, Payson McKelvin, uh, who else? There are others out there. Alex Howe showed up. Um, and then on the women's side, there was Isabel King, Amity Rockwell, um, Katarina Nash, uh, and then some others as well. And I know we're probably not doing justice to and, and missing a lot of names because I just threw this at you. I didn't say Jackson have a list of all the writers when we get to the entire start of this thing because it was it was stacked. It, there were a gigantic amount of incredibly fast people at this event. Yeah, it was. Uh, intimidating to say the least. yeah so I, i've got it kind of in in parts of this entire experience you know like uh, like if it was a quentin tarantino movie uh <laughs> we're gonna pace it through like that so part one and and for all you who who ever had any dreams or not dreams nightmares of doing something like this to yourself you can you can kind of go through the process and maybe make your decisions on what you want to do should you do it um, and, and learn from our mistakes, right? So part one is getting there, right? As I mentioned in the last episode, we chose to road trip to this bad boy, okay? About 1,500 miles each way, uh, multiple camp stops along the way. Um, I am currently sitting in, we, we haven't given this vehicle a, an actual name yet. We're going to have to come up with some sort of a, 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 co of a cutesy name to call this thing that I'm sitting in. It's a, no, 20... Some foot mini Winnie slash Winnebago Spirit uh, Class C motorhome. Um, and uh, my wife and I decided to try it out, and, and we, we put this trip on the map, and we loaded up the vehicle in Spokane, Washington, went over to Portland, Oregon to pick you up, and we did little kind of camp stops along the way. Um, and uh, Jackson reflections on what i'm titling rv racing what do you have any kind of positive negative reflections yeah i thought it was um fun to see the coast in that type of way i mean i've never traveled in that format all the way down the coast for such a long uh amount of time yeah. um yeah. so i thought i thought that was really cool um i thought 
there weren't many too 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 many issues you know i think my main issue was living out of a duffel bag for a week and a half but that was about it <laughs> you had to make your bed every day before we left somewhere and then you had to put it put it back together every night i know that's yeah. kind of a first world problem but it probably became kind of a pain in the ass every day somewhat a little <laughs> especially because we get up before you do and things like that so yeah yeah um yeah, what would you do differently if you were going to able to do this again Man, I don't know if I would do a whole lot differently. I think, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the way we did it. Um, and I think the place that we ended up when we got there was yeah. kind of what we were talking about, like a means to an end um, kind of campground. I think that we just needed a place that we could set up and just have a home base for. Um, yeah. But I liked the places we stayed along the way. I thought they were cool. And I was like, I was happy to see what we did. I'm going to be a little bit more harsh because that's kind of my job, I guess. Um, I, I my, my reflections are, first of all, as the driver, I've driven every foot of this, of this uh, stretch. I'm glad we took a lot of time to come down here because if you guys are going to be the driver in this, if you're in a van, if you're in an RV, if you're pulling a trailer, if you're doing that kind of a thing, um, it's great, but make sure you don't have gigantic stretches to do every day. Try to keep it between four to six hours, I would say, of driving a day. Because anything longer than that, the slightest wind gust blows you around. And you're constantly fighting to keep this vehicle on the road. And um, my wife is very wants to be see every little stop along the way. She wanted to see um, the highway one along the way. She wanted to take all the nice little tiny, tiny windy roads, which Jackson, you and I kept going. Holy shit! If we were on a bike, this would be so much fun to ride. But Definitely. I, yeah, but on those same stretches, I'm going. Holy shit! This is a nightmare to drive because I'm as wide as the lane and people are flying past me. And you got to decide when you're going to pull off into the offer and uh, to get out of the way of the other cars and stuff like that. And that was kind of stressful. I'm glad we took the time to come down this way because that would have uh, my whoop scores were still up on those days that I drove because it was just mental stress driving through these things. Um, I love being able to to just stop and you're there. You don't have to find a hotel room. You don't have to deal with noisy hotel neighbors. Um, I sleep with headphones in, so I, 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 I slept like a baby every night. Um, I love being able to cook your own meals and have your own food and not question. It's like, God, is this Denny's Grand Slam going to hurt me tomorrow on my bike or you know, or something like that? And, and yes, by the way, a Denny's Grand Slam would hurt you on your bike the next day. <laughs> Um, and those types of things. And it, it just, it, I think, I think what makes it great, and it was also great, I, I can speak for my wife, in that the entire trip was the vacation. It wasn't following or, or going, yeah, following. I'm going to say following, and I'm not meaning this in a demeaning way. Following your husband down, sitting somewhere, waiting for him to finish a bike race that takes for an eternity, and then going back. Um, that that's not fair, I don't think, to family members. I mean, we all know as cyclists how much time it demands in our lives. And going to races is probably kind of like watching paint dry for family members. And so this turns the entire trip into a vacation. Um, I didn't walk on the beach enough with my wife 
going down, and I think I should probably do something about that next time. I should just get my ass up and walk on the beach and quit crying about the fact that I had to drive 400, 500 miles that day. Just don't be a dick, Pat. Walk on the beach. So that I would do differently. Um, Jackson, would you continue to travel the way, races this way? I know you know the van life thing is really popular with you, you kids these days. You know, if you had the cash for a van, would you do it this way, or would you just like, no, I'm going to take a car and a credit card? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I think um, I did like the opportunity, the opportunity to just kind of park and be there and not have to worry about um, what's coming next. I do also kind of like the amenities of a ho- that a hotel bring, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you kind of know what your neighbors are going to be like typically, um, in a, in a hotel. But I also, I also like that idea of being able to kind of take your time and not have to worry and discover new places as well. So yeah. to answer the question, I'd do it again for sure. Yeah. There is one aspect I forgot to mention and that, and, and I don't mean this to sound as negative as it's going to sound, but sometimes that's my job on the podcast. Uh, camping attracts a ver- vast variety of people, um, and some of the people are really cool. And I mean, from the extremes, we had people park next to us, next to us, who were in a gorgeous Airstream van, like a super long van, absolutely beautiful machinery. We saw the guy when they backed in. And he immediately plugged in a stove. He cooked something. His wife's hand only came out the door like once to hold a plate out. And he, he took the plates and put food on him. Then went into the van. They pulled the blinds closed. That was it. We never saw him again. We, th- so that's one extreme. Then there's the other extreme where you've got um, people who immediately pull over. They throw, um, uh, uh, you know, they're in party mode. And, and they're there to just rage all night. They're going to drink uh, Bud Light seltzers and play cornhole until 4 a.m. And, and you better fucking deal with it, bro. You know, because it, and it, it, so you're you got to be ready for both ends of that spectrum. And you got to, I guess, once again, not be a dick because, you know, you're camping, man. You know, if if you don't like it, go boondock someplace else, or do what my wife did. Just find a different spot. Go to ask nicely at the count at the counter, and they might give you a different different camping site. Yeah. Part two: arrival at the event. As this was one of the true first truly big events, and I don't mean that in a condescending way, Jackson, that you have attended. Oh yeah. Uh, tell me about your experiences versus the expectations. Um. Man, some of my expectations going in, um, I was expecting because I think, well, when we went to Leadville, for instance, uh, when you did it, I was expecting like uh, this just grand village. Because I think when I was younger, when we went to Leadville, it felt like a grand village because I was so young. Everything was coming at me at once and I didn't really know the experience. and then this time I was kind of like expecting that grand infield village set, like kind of feeling, sure. which it was really cool. I thought going into the Canyon area and everything, uh, I mean, seeing Pete Stetna there and Ian Boswell, um, that was really cool. But then like when I really stepped back, like step back and look at it, like it was kind of like, it was weird to walk around and like the weird shale and everything. And, yeah. and, some of the booths I was like, oh, I was expecting this brand to be here, but they weren't there, for instance. But it was like, so that was a little different from what I expected, but it was also like uniquely its own, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know if I expected it to be as hard as it was. And we wanted it. <laughs> um, I, I, I got to say, um, af, uh, you know, as, as someone who has attended some events like this, um, I think in my personal experience, uh, something like Sea Otter would be one of the bigger venues because it's, you know, this gigantic Laguna Seca raceway. wave got, got this entire area dedicated um, and it's it's mountain biking, it's road cycling, it's it's all different types of people converging in one area. So there's going to be, like you said, the trade area, the vi mm-hmm. the 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 booths, the 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 swag, the giveaway, the the stuff like that, um, is us- is gigantic at that. Um, Belgian Waffle has appeared, in my personal opinion, to gone through a gigantic growth spurt. Um, from and th- th- this is was their unofficial tenth anniversary. Um, they, it was 10th, but last year because they didn't have it. So that means it was only the ninth, um, because, you know, they had to skip a year because of COVID. Um, and in those 10 years, I can only imagine that they have probably come close to doubling in capacity every year. And so they've had to deal with these major growth spurts. And I was, um, I, I th- they had it on just kind of below uh, a college campus. I apologize. I don't know exactly which university it was. It was probably an SD something university of california san marcos yeah okay okay thank you yeah Yeah, that sounds right that sounds right um really cool area really welcoming area kind of some open under construction areas which really helped for the the cross crit crit cross i'm going to talk about here we're going to talk about here shortly but uh and the 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 home area the venue itself the trade show booths were kind of as you said jackson kind of on this shale it almost looked like broken um uh blacktop yeah, um, all over the place, and and so you're walking around, and you know, I guess it kind of, it kind of worked because it's this, you're at a gravel event, and you're walking on uneven surfaces, and it just kind of had that whole, that whole feel, and again, it also has this feel like early days of mountain biking, where. I walked right up to Ian Boswell because he's been on the show so many times, but. He's just standing there outside the Wahoo booth. I, I don't think he had a beer in his hand. He might have had a beer in his hand. Somebody with him had a beer. Oh, I had a beer in my hand. But um, but but you just walk up to him. You're like, hey man, how are you? You know, and and I you know I spoke to Dave Tell Toll, who's been on the show before, and stuff like that. And it, you know, everybody's just kind of hanging out. And I love that laid back feel of what this type of racing is currently. I'm. I, I think Jackson, you said it that cycling across the board still has that feel, but I really mm-hmm. felt it here. I really felt it here. Um, the cross crit was cross crit or crit cross? I think crit cross. One of the two. I yeah. think it was crit cross. Yeah, that just sounds cooler. Um, was was Friday night, and it was just kind of a, it was a really cool concept. I thought it was just going to be a, a, a you know a pavement a paved crit, but they added in some pretty tough little sections that we found out on Sunday. Um, and it was, I, I don't think the turnout was very well, you know, as far as, far as riders, yeah. we saw Carl, we saw Carl no, Decker in it, but yeah, uh, you know, but I, I think it was just kind of fun. I think everybody's just kind of fucking around. Yeah. How I think people were a little worried for Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you starstruck at all, Jackson? I mean, I, and we can be honest about this because you know what? These are people we talk about all the time, and and you know, yes, we get a chance to meet them through other ways and other means. But when you watch somebody on TV and when you see them in person, it, there's a difference. Were you were you kind of like, holy shit, 
Pete Stetton is really tiny. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, I, it, it is a little intimidating to just be walking through. I mean, we picked up our, our uh, packets, our bag, like the bags that they yeah. give us. And I looked over in the canyon section and standing there, you're right, very skinny Pete Stetna um, <laughs> was having a beer, talking to other people, you know? And yeah. then we would, we walked outside, like you said, you talked to uh, Dave Toll, and then yeah. we turned the corner at the Wahoo tent. Ian Boswell was sitting there with his Wahoo companions. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Pierce, the vegan cyclist, would just ride by us every once in a while, then strangely just kind of wandering around on his bike and i think you and i decided that that was because his movie was debuting that night and he probably was a little nervous probably yeah and i remember even like we were sitting there watching the cross or the crit race and i turned around and i said oh it's colin strickland and it was like yeah I, all of these names that i'm like rattling through right now it was like i wanted to say hi but at the same time i'm like Oh my God. It's like, these are the people that I like <laughs> see in all the videos that I see everywhere. I'm like almost a little too like nervous to go up to them. I know. Isn't that, isn't that just hilarious that we, you know, that I, and I'm, I don't know if everybody else does it this way, but yeah, you know, you, you, you build this image up in your mind of somebody yeah. and because what they do and how they do, and you see it on YouTube, you see it on TV, you see it on and things like that. And you just build this image in your mind, and then you walk up to him, and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You're a dude who puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. how, how was your nervous energy that night, that Friday night? Um, I was trying to take in what I could, and I was probably trying to hide or mask the nerves that I definitely had with me, um, just being there, knowing what was to come. Okay. Saturday, we got a pre-ride in, and I'm putting pre-ride in quotations. Uh, you and I got out there. We, you, you put the the course into your Wahoo. T first of all, tell me about that choice versus trusting the the arrows and the and the, the marshals of the course. Yeah, I enjoyed that, and we'll probably I'll probably come on to it a little bit more when we get into the whole day of it. But I really liked it just because I could be independently knowing where I had to go and what was to come. That was a really big plus for me. Sure, I went into this blind, and and you you know you had mentioned something that that Paul had said to you, and I found it kind of interesting. I, I I I took it as a, I didn't take it as an as an insult or a compliment. I just took it as like fuck yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. Um. So the day our Fourth of July ride, um, Paul and I were having a conversation, and he or and uh, we were talking about how we're both kind of in that mindset of like we like to prepare for like prepare for the event in terms of like I've watched all of the videos you can on Belgian Waffle Ride. I've watched the course breakdown. I've watched different riders' interpretations of it, all that type of stuff, just to see what I was getting myself into. And he was like, "I'm the exact same way," but. Your dad, on the other hand, likes to go into these things completely blind. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, part of me is thinking like, yeah, your dad's a fucking idiot. He just goes into this and just goes, oh, it hurts now. I guess I'll hurt, you know, or something like that. And I, I also took I, that could be a compliment. That could be just like, you know, you know, I roll with the punches. So um, our pre-ride, we showed up. Uh, we had a, a pre-race meeting that I know a lot of people never show up to. I'm going to I'm going to. I'm an event announcer. I know that not everybody who's supposed to show up to a pre-race mandatory pre-race meeting doesn't show up to a mandatory pre-race meeting. 
And but you and I were like, we're gonna go. There was one at noon and there was one at two. And so we got to the venue around twelve something, twelve thirty, and we we started riding. We thought, let's go out, let's check out Lemon Twistenberg or at least the first part of it and and let's see what's going on. We didn't get that far. Uh mm-hmm. we didn't get that far at all. We had to turn around, we came back, we got a little lost, things like that. In your opinion, knowing what you know now, know now, should we have dedicated more time that day to exploring areas of the course? I'm going to be honest, n- <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I, at that point, was on your side of the fence. I am happy that I went in blind on some of these sections. Really? Because I didn't need to know how horrendous the last <laughs> climb feel like i'm happy i didn't know how that felt yeah because we got lost on your wahoo because it was taking us we thought it was out and back on the way after the race was over we didn't realize that we technically were starting to ride what we found out later spoiler alert were the worst 10 miles of the race (laughs) and we didn't know that we could have ridden that entire section and gone oh this is going to be hell we got to be ready for this but instead, we were like, no, it's going to be nice. We're just going to pedal through this industrial section. We're going to be home with this beer time. Yay. Yep. But it was like, no, it's the worst 10 miles you're ever going to have on your bike. Okay. So I I, I, I remember when we went to Leadville. I'm, t- I'm just thinking in terms of long-term events and stuff like that. Um, um uh, when we went to Leadville, we did a little bit of the sections, but we didn't. Again, we didn't. I kind of went in blind, so maybe that's just my mo. And mm-hmm. I'm taking you all down this rabbit hole to hell with me. Um, <laughs> part three, race day, seven a.m. race start. We got up at five a.m. Jackson, what are your thoughts on pre-race ritual? Do you have any? Uh, uh, and, and I know you're kind of breaking into this endurance style style of racing. Um, do you, are you establishing any pre-race rituals? And if so, would you have done anything different for this one? We got up 5 a.m., oatmeals and banana. We were fortunately camping within a five-minute drive. No, it's probably longer than that. But within 10 to 15 minutes tops to the venue. Man, I don't, I don't know about pre-race rituals. I think oatmeal and coffee is kind of what I'm getting down to. <laughs> with it but i had i had drank so much water the day before that i had to pee so bad like every five or ten minutes that it was just like always like a constant trip to the bathroom so that was like a big thing that was probably weighing on my nerves a little just like (laughs) on your nerves and your bladder my next pee station (laughs) um so that was a little stressful but yeah i think i was just in that mode of like oh my god it's 5 a.m my brain's just telling me what I need to do and there's nothing really I feel about it right now. Okay. Okay. Um, did you sleep all that night, the night before? Do you, from you remember? I, no. <laughs> like no. I had to take a Benadryl and I know that I did not sleep well. Yeah. Especially because your time schedule, you're used to staying up later. I'm old man. I'm like eight o'clock. Got to go to bed. You know, we went to dinner at four um, and, you know, had the buffet and, and, and things like that and spent 15 minutes trying to figure out the tip. Um, I'm that old. So it was it wasn't hard for me to go to sleep that f- somewhat early. Um, but uh, I, I'm trying to. 
I don't know if there's a perfect pre-race bre- breakfast. Um, I don't know. You know, I had a pretty damn big bowl of oatmeal. I'm thinking that that is going to be my pre-race thing because I have every time I've had it, I've never had anything go wrong, except you know, other maybe race mistakes that I'm going to get to here shortly. But um, but but I, I guess that's going to be my normal thing. I always like to be at the race start at close to an hour before the race starts. Um, just because it allows me time, if it's a road race, to pin a number on, to find the start, to get to the, where you want to be. If you need to warm up, you warm up. If something goes wrong, you have a chance to fix it. Uh, you're not sprinting. Um, I've always had, a, I've always believed an hour is the minimum amount to be at a venue before the, an event starts. Um, I have never missed a time trial start in my life because my father always said, if you miss the time trial start you're a fucking idiot my i don't think my dad called me a fucking idiot he he might have behind my back but um and he could have been right but uh but but he was right i mean he is right about that stuff i I should quit saying was because my dad's still alive um pre-race nerves jackson what was your what was your stomach like for um Man, I'd never done a ride this big before. Uh, so I was pretty nervous just going into it, especially with the size of the event. And when we were in that starting area and they're, they're doing the pre the, the call up of Alex Howes, Pete Stetna, Ted King. It's yeah. like, Ooh, I'm a little bit more nervous now that it's really <laughs> about to start. I, I was, I was feeling it for sure. I, I, I had those, I, I, I'm so glad I had those butterflies because I, you know, I'm throwing cliches out left and right today, but, uh, one of them was the day you don't, the day you aren't nervous for something is the day something is really wrong or you should scare yourself more often. You need to, you need to scare yourself enough so much that, that when that moment's about to happen, you have those butterflies. Or, or 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 you're just fucking walking through your life, don't you think? I mean, I don't want to get all, you know, I'm not throwing Richard Marks lyrics out here or something like that. But, you know, I just I want to I, I just think it's that. And I love the fact that I was nervous. You and I decided to take it easy um, out of the gates as the race director started. If you want to have a good time, go slow. And when he said good time, he didn't necessarily mean time as in enjoy yourself, but he also meant it in terms of if you want to have a good time, if you want to do your best race, take it easy, go slow. Uh, 130 miles is a long fucking way. And for those of you who are endurance cyclists, um, you're probably thinking, yeah, 130 miles, that's about right. I'm warming up. You know what? Fuck off. Uh, but uh, we're we're at the point where it's like 130 miles is the longest I've ever ridden a bicycle. Mm-hmm. You? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, and so we both took it kind of easy, and there was a gigantic separation right out of the gates. They hit the gun, and it was not neutral. In years past, I think it was neutral. It it was not. I thought it was going to be just kind of a five mile rollout or something like that. It was fast i mean there were people separating i heard at the front they hit speeds up to 50 on some on some of the early descents yeah and you and i just watched people go i called it the dick measuring hour because every guy and by the way you never realize how bad the demographic is in in cycling until you're in a a group of four thousand people and you're looking around and as a 50 plus year old man when i'm looking around going Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. These guys are all in, on the same insurance plan as I am. Um, <laughs> and and I, 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 that's got to that's change the cycling. That's a whole other show entirely. But... Um, but uh, there were people going everywhere and and people going fast everywhere and i'm i don't know if we caught them or not i kept thinking to myself these people are nuts i'm going to catch them later what do you think i mean i mean we're going to get to this the attrition yeah yeah no definitely i think um i think the beginning part definitely adds into the attrition conversation um but i i i remember when we were starting just watching people go by us and they were just I saw a guy burying himself to get on the back of a group. And I was thinking, man, 125 miles later, that's going to really suck for you. <laughs> because I remember you and I were doing our own pace. We didn't care. And it's hard as a cyclist, you know, to let people go by you and just oh yeah, let people go. You know, it's, it's really difficult to do that. And I remember looking, turning around and there was a big line, pace line going on behind us, like on our wheels. Oh, really? And one of the guys said to me, he's like, do you guys want to like, like turn off for a pull? And I was like, we're not really pulling. We're just going our own pace. (laughs) And it was like, I don't, because I knew how much it was going to suck during the end if I were to go hard in the beginning. So I, I, I needed to back off for myself just so I could last that long. Yeah, and I think it was, for you and me, it was a lot of fear of the unknown, too. Definitely. If I knew this course better, um, I might would I maybe would have changed my my initial pacing, but going into this without without knowing what's what's coming, it, it, you just have to. You had to back off, and, and we did that. Um, uh, the women's field caught us right about the arrival of the first off-road section. Um, they talk about the, the log jam that is this area called Lemon Twistenberg. What were Jackson, what was your experience at Lemon Twistenberg? Um, yeah, the, the women's field absolutely was hauling ass behind us. They unbelievable by, yeah. Um, and as they kind of caught us, we kind of all meshed together like the back of that front pack meshed together to what was like you said lemon twistenberg but it wasn't as i don't know for me personally if i found it to be as log jammy as i thought it was going to be you and i took that first initial turn pretty wide which was a big a good idea i've seen a lot of people do that um but i yeah that that first dirt sector a lot of people were getting flats crash and stuff like that and it was just and i'm also happy that we took it easy to be able to handle that section as well yeah because i think 
if we were to have gone hard with a with a adrenaline filled brain handling those sectors just I don't think what it would have gone as well as they did. And this is where we found the first of our dickheads of the days. You know, we, uh, we, you and I both found a couple people, uh, predominantly men, predominantly 50-plus men, uh, who were in such a fucking hurry because apparently there are um, senior citizen World Cup points on the line at, at the, in these early stretches. And these guys are just uh, cutting through, trying to get past, uptight, uh, things like that, basically just buzzkills of of you know middle aged fucking accountants who never lived their life in a happy way and decided to take up cycling because they had extra income and they're taking out their rage upon people who just want to go out and have a great ride. Um, and and you met what I'm calling the hup hup asshole uh, at and th- in Lemon Twistenberg, and um, I d- I do want to mention, however, that you've Right before, I think, Lemon Twisterberg, was it where you looked at me and you said, oh, by the way, I didn't tell you this earlier. My whoop score was shit. Yeah, I <laughs> we're about five or six miles in and I look at you and I, and, and we're, I mean, we're, we're in it at this point. And I look at you and I go, well, I thought now would be a good time to tell you that my whoop score was 35 percent. It's the lowest it's been in a really long time. Oh my God! And then it was—I had no choice. Yeah. We were in it, and it's not like that was going to change the day very much. And you said it best. You're like, it's just a number, and I was yeah. like, that's how I have to look at it. It's so. not like you're going to look at your watch and go, oh, can't do it. Hey, uh, race director, can we postpone this till tomorrow? My whoop scores. Exactly. I'm a little whoopy, you know, or something <laughs> like that. But uh, speaking of whoop whoop, the hup hup guy. Um, I, I, I don't know his name, and I'm sure I'm not going to describe him enough that people will think I'm slandering him on, on social media, but the guy was a twat. He was an absolute douche, and um, he's one of those guys, roadies, you're going to know him. Remember back in the 80s or 70s or 40s where people would say, hup, 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 when somebody would attack? This guy did this all the fucking time, and he was... He, he was perky, but he was douchebag per- perky. You know, like later on we saw him, he's like, hey, we're all stopping to have a party in the shade. <laughs> You're like, fuck off, man, as you ride by him. But anyway, you got the first dose, uh, should I say douching, of, of, yeah. uh, of hup hup asshole. Yeah, um, so there's a point in Lemon Twistenberg where you cross uh, a creek and originally that uh this bridge that was now built was not typically there um and i well you were able to take that line on the inside yeah because yeah everybody was taking the bridge exactly and i was like oh i didn't know there was a bridge there cool i'm gonna take this line wide he however the hup hup man was not going to let me have that line so we connected and we hit shoulder, we tapped shoulders a little bit and he gave a little bit of a nudge and I went into the creek and my right foot, which did not dry, by the way. For the, for the remainder that you looked like you had a uh, Lachlan Morton trench foot at the end of the day. I just want to show you. Yeah. yeah. I because had 10 of more hours moment. of wet foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got a big cheer out of it. Everybody uh, who was watch, sitting there watching was like, oh, yeah, the creek. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, oh, he's so cool. So it's almost like I got the better end out of it. 
Oh. But then as we exited, um, we were kind of on this flatter area, um, kind of a, <laughs> kind of a, uh, uh, somewhat of a, like a bike path. And I was on your wheel and I came around and I looked at you and I went, this is worth it to me. And I came back up to <laughs> him. And I went, a match, oh. baby. <laughs> yeah. And I did. And I gave it back to him just cause it, uh, sometimes it's worth it to give it back. And I that just, was one of those times. I don't understand people like that who are just, you know, oh God, you know, I understand you're fast. I understand you've, you've neglected your family for the last six. No. How old is your kid? Your kid's probably 12. You've neglected your family for the last 18 years. Um, you you think you're five sprints away from a fucking contract with EF Nepo. You, you're just that guy. Don't be that fucking guy, especially in a, a Belgian waffle ride. It is a race, yes, but you're not going to do anything by shoving some poor person into a creek. Don't be that fucking guy. Uh, we got through... That uh, you and I skipped the first feed, bad idea for me in hindsight. I have now realized that that was a gigantically bad idea. Uh, Jackson, take us through the canyon. What, what was it? First of all, I can't even remember the name, um, the, the canyon itself. Yeah, so uh, Black Canyon um, was, uh, was, was what it was called. And funnily enough, Canyon Bikes, yeah. big sponsor of the event, um, was there at the bottom of the climb. And this is one of your big climbs of the day. And um, we filled up there for um, we what we needed to. I, I drank. That's the second you, feed zone. Yeah. Yes. Second yeah. feed zone. Um, and you get up there and it's just, it smacks you in the face immediately. Heat. I remember looking down at my Wahoo and it's at 107. And it climbs for probably five miles. And it was just oh, dead wind, yeah. super hot and really dusty the whole way. If if you're uh, if you're a human, you're climbing for probably close to an hour. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's that slow of a climb, um, and I I'm I, I'm guessing it's at least five miles. Um, you and I, as I said, we skipped the first feed. We got to the second one. Um, I saw I looked out of the corner of my eye, and I saw you slam an entire bottle. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got to do that. And then I got distracted by something. I think it was because somebody handed, handed me a shiny can of Coke. And I was like, ooh, Coke. I like Coke. And so I drank some of that. And I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't hydrated enough at already at this point. And we were, we were at that, you know, what, 40 miles in? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I hit heat exhaustion in a bad way. Um, I haven't felt like that in a long time. Tunnel vision, really lightheaded, um, uh, definitely, definitely um, screwed me up. I spent um, at least until mile 80 or 90 trying to catch up. Um, and, and I know that somebody smarter than me, like uh, your girlfriend, could probably tell me that there you can or you cannot recover from something like this that quickly. But I just kept thinking... It's it's kind of like the idiots who think, oh, I've I've stayed awake for three days, so I'll just try and catch up on my sleep. You can't catch up on sleep, and I don't know if you can catch up on hydration in this moment. But I was, I made that mistake early on, and it it hit me in a horrible way. Um, I I like I said, the the tunnel vision, the this the really lightheadedness. We got to the top of that climb, and um, and you were there. Uh, we rode together pretty much to the top of that climb. You were kind enough to wait for me up to the top of there. 
No, you were. You were. And and you handed, you know, you handed me that first can that second can of coke at the top of the uh, that, that feed zone at the top of that climb. And um, I could only kind of sit for a second and all I could do was put my head down to stop the spinning. And uh, I, I got kind of meant mental over physical and was like, okay, let's go. And we started again and, and I told I looked at you and I said, Jackson, I'm gonna finish, but if you want to go ahead, you can go ahead. And you just kind of I could tell you were hesitant at first, but you just kind of slowly did your pace. And next thing I know, you were a minute up the road. You were two minutes up the road. You were five minutes up the road, things like that. How were you feeling at that point? Did you have a strategy? Was there one? Or were you just kind of going, I'm just going to ride by feel? Yeah, so I, um, I, I, I was very specific about how I made sure I paced everything that I didn't that I didn't chase, that I didn't do anything out of my comfort zone, that I just did what I knew I could do. So if there was a roller, I didn't treat it like a typical roller. I treated every roller like a climb. Um, and then from there, I just, I kept doing that. I kept my own pace. I did what I could. There was a guy, the same Hup Hup guy was, uh, came <laughs> along and he said, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I think our, our internet's slowing down, but I can still hear you. Oh, okay, cool. Um, same hop hop guy came by me and he said, hop on. And I'm like, just doing my pace. And I let him go. So I, yeah, that was, that was my kind of strategy all day. And just to keep drinking as much as I could and eating what I thought was going to work, which was not necessarily what my body wanted. So did what I could. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was, I, like I said, I was, I was in a really bad way. Um, I almost pulled the plug around mile 70. I was in su such a bad place, uh, and I, I now know it was 100% heat exhaustion. Everybody just immediately goes, heat stroke, heat stroke, heat stroke. Heat stroke is a much more severe form of it. Heat stroke is, is where you, you like, I, I think Maria told me this. It was like, you need to get an IV in you, a severe level of heat stroke. And mm -hmm. um, I, I was not mentally in a place. I was, I was in serious trouble. I was, in, I was on the verge of tears. Um, if it weren't for the fact that that I could, yes, I could send my wife my location, but I know that she it would have taken her about three hours to get to me. I that was my mental state. I was just like going, I have no choice because I know it'll take my wife too long to get to me. Um, so fuck it, I'll just keep pedaling, and and so I did, or or that, or I would have likely quit. Um, and uh, and it just I was, I was in such a bad place. I got to the 80-mile aid station. I sat on a curb. I, I drank another Coke. By the way, I, this is not an endorsement for Coca-Cola products, but fuck those things saved me. Um, I talked to a few guys. Um, I wish I, could, I wish I would have got their names because I would have quoted them on the show as, as, as saviors. One guy looked at me, and he said, I said, how you doing? Well, actually, he asked me if he could move my bike because he wanted to sit on the curb next to me. And he sat next to me, and we're both just kind of drinking the water. Um, by the way, um, I, 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 this is not a slam against the people from Bells and Waffle Ride, but I don't think they, their growing pains, as I stated earlier, hit them in the teeth because a couple of their feed zones, they were like, we're running low on water. Could you go easy on water? And I, I almost wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to give them a Yelp review. 
right then and about how mad I was. But uh, I sat next to this guy and I said, how are you doing? He says, you know what? He says, I signed up for this race like a month ago with my five friends and all, I'm the only one left. And he said, yeah. we've only been riding bikes for about a month, for about a year. He says a year. And he says, those assholes all bailed. And he says, I paid like 180 bucks. There's no way I'm going to stop. And he says, I don't know what to do. And we just kind of laughed at this. You know, he, he brought my first laughter into it. And there's, there are those moments where you're digging so deep that you need that nugget. And he gave me that, that something to make me laugh. And um, I got to that station. And that talking to that guy helped me so much that I was like, okay, I'll go to mile 100. And then I got to that point, and I said, if I could go to mile 100, I could make it to 110, and so on. And, and, and I just kept going. Jackson, you and I, we did rejoin around, what was it, mile 110? Yeah, something like that. Um, and, and I was blown away to see you. And, and, again, please don't take this as anything other than the fact that I just, I know how strong you are, and I know how... Uh, you know, and I, I was just surprised that I that I was back with you. You had an ex, you have an excuse that you can always carry in your pocket that I'm surprised you haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, so I had um, a mechanical difficulty where my uh, two biggest cogs in the rear, so my two easiest gears, um, were not available to me. So my <laughs> um, derailleur would actually ghost shift, so it would do it on its own. It would pop back into those lower gears. Yeah. Um, which just uh, were so difficult, um, especially on the final climbs where I was just like, it was leg zapping, you know, yeah. you, you, you hit 15% pitches and all you have is your third from easiest gear. It, it's just so demoralizing. And I was, I was also experiencing some pretty bad back pains and yeah. like shoulder pains and everything. And I think after a little while, my body said no more solid foods. Um, oh, man. So it was just all gel that I could uh, take at that point or else I would gag not to be too graphic or anything, but I would gag on like I tried to eat a Fig Newton or like a scratch bar, stuff like that. And it would just all not work. So it was just all a hammer gel at that point. Yeah, uh, I was I was as I said, I was surprised. Um, and uh, do you think if you would have had those? I know that if I wouldn't have had my my last two gears, I, I wouldn't, I, dude. I, and I'm not saying this because I'm your father, and I'm trying to, you know, everybody gets a ribbon or anything like that. Because I know, um, I'm saying this genuinely. I don't think I could have finished without those gears on my bike. Um, do you think things would have been differently with with a different uh, a little different tweak that we would have got those better off? Now I know for those of you who are basic mechanics who are telling me we'll fucking stop and fix it and things like that, we did stop and fix it. We did stop and tweak it, and things weren't working. Things weren't working appropriately. And don't think that we don't know what we're fucking doing because I've been doing this sport since 1980. So get off my porch, um, you know, and stuff like that. But um, do you think your race would have been different with with uh, uh, your bike? tweaked a little bit better i think so yeah i think some of those climbs wouldn't have, i wouldn't have had to grind so hard on some of those climbs um just because it was i you can put out so much power in the day but after a little while your body's gonna not be able to put out that type of power i mean there were times at the end of the race where because it was so steep and because i was so limited in my 
gear ratio I had to get off like there was yeah. no other choice that I had in those moments um but I, I think there could have been a little bit more of a recovery done at the end by me if I uh, sure. maybe was had those two available I found that I wasn't going fast at all. I had one speed. I was kind of like, you know, that just that, you know, when you're when you're uh, when your Shimano battery dies and it just puts you into one gear, you know, I was kind of that. That was my brain. My only advantage that I wasn't in my personal opinion was that I wasn't taking very long at the feed stations. I was getting there, I was fueling, I was slamming up. I was god, I was drinking water now. I wish I would have I wish I would have drank water. I wish that I knew what I know now. A couple of hours ago, um, because I was I was slamming water and covering my body with it and things like that. But I'd only take about maybe two minutes, maybe three minutes at a feed station, and and I would a lot of the guys who would catch me I, I wouldn't see again, or I'd see again you know an hour later because they would be, you know I saw people taking fucking naps, I saw people lying in the dirt, I saw a guy. At the midpoint, just bent over his bike, leaning on his hoods, and I thought he might have been crying. And I'm not saying that as a joke because I'm saying that. I'm laughing because it is just so real. Um, there were so many people hurting like that. Um, and, and, and it was just the fact that this event is on, has, says that it is majorly on the road does not give it proper justice, in my opinion. These paved climbs in this area are steep, and they are insanely steep. Um, Jackson, thoughts on that one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Some of the worst <laughs> climbing... Some of the worst climbing was on the road, you know? Um, and when we... Yeah. There were times when we come out of Sandy Bandy, one of the sections, um, and it uh, it's immediately boom 10 11 percent and then you reach quest haven which is our final ascent which popped out at 23 percent and that's on the road which yeah. was just brutal yeah um and, and, and yeah I, we were we caught one guy who we rode with for a short amount of time and i i was chatting with him for a couple seconds and he was like uh he said I can't remember what the gear ratio he told me, but last year he said, last year I had this gear ratio and it was it was more than a one to one kind of a thing, like one revolution per wheel revolution. It was it was an insane gear, and he says, and they still caught me with a picture with my teeth grit, you know. And I, I he says I was still suffering. He says we're about to enter the t the worst ten miles of the race, and I was like, wait, what? And as I said earlier on our pre ride. We could have ridden that. We were on our way to riding that, but we wanted to go back to the meeting that told us to have a good time just to go slow. <laughs> you know, that's the big takeaway we took from that moment. <laughs> so we skipped the worst 10 miles of the race. By the way, my brain, also a callback, I think I'm glad that I didn't know that was coming. I'm yeah. really glad that I didn't know that was coming. Um, take... I, I, yeah, we've kind of talked about that last 10 miles. And then they throw in a dirt section at you again, which is prim primarily a descent. And if you're on a gravel bike and you know mountain bike trails and a descent, you're just... And, and if you throw in, you know, eight, seven, eight, ten hours on the bike, you know how that's going to feel. It, and it was miserable. It, it, but it was, it was miserable with anticipation. Would you agree? Yeah, it was after I had crested... West Haven, I kept saying to myself, you're going to do it. You're going to do yeah, it. Like yeah. you're going to finish. This is unbelievable. <laughs> you're actually going to do it. And I, 
as much as that descent really hurt my back and shoulders, it was probably the, my favorite dirt descent I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Okay, part four. Here we are. The finish. First of all, uh, I, I want to know from you, and I know you've run through this in your head, um, and I know you were experiencing a gigantic physical toll. For those of people who follow us on social media, uh, or me on social media, I think I was the only one who posted it, uh, just the, the, the fatigue of our bodies. But Jackson, tell me how finishing felt, the emotion and the physical toll. Yeah, I, um, man, I, I, I'll take you through all of it. I, I finished and I was just so like, I was so happy and delirious and I didn't really know how to feel cause it had been 10 hours just trying to finish this thing that I had wanted to finish for so long and been training for, for so long. And then we, we went over and we laid down cause my feet were so wet and they, they hurt so bad. Um, that I had to take my socks off and I not to get too graphic, even though it isn't, um, you can be, graphic. I started, I started to throw up. Um, and I just think it was from whether it could have been over hydration, weird, um, things going into like into my system that I'm not used to yeah. just a whole smattering of things that kind of just hit me. And then after that had happened, I was on the phone with my girlfriend and, um, I, and I cried. I, I was like, I can't believe that I just did this, this insane thing. And it was just like all coming out at once. It was, it was a lot to handle, but it was definitely a, a worthwhile experience. I, I was in the same boat. Um, I don't know why, but after some of the, I mean, I, of course I know why it's an extreme exertion that you put yourself through, but I, I come through the finish of a lot of these events and I, I see somebody uh, that I, I, I recognize and immediately the emotions start to well. And I think it's, I, I, it's not, it's not something I look forward to, but it's something that I, I've now come to expect, and it's something that is it's that climactic moment of, of, of an event like this. And I saw your mom, my wife, and I, I just was like, I'm not, I, I was telling to her. We were talking about it, and I was like, going, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And she's like, oh, my God, you're, you can. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm not going to, you know, stuff like that. And it's, it's that it's because it's over. It's because, you know, that, that moment that you've, you've, you've imagined happening, it, it, it does happen. Um, would you claim in your, in your experience, Jackson, how would you rate this in terms of, of the, the, the biggest effort you've ever done on bike? How, how, is it the hardest thing? If so, how and why? Well, when I did the knighthood, um, I was convinced that that was the hardest thing I'd ever done on a bike. Um, but it has been, uh, definitely pushed to the side, practically blown out of the water <laughs> and in no slander to the, to the knighthood whatsoever no. and what that is, but this was a lot harder, you know, just conditions, heat, everything like elevation, the, the elevation gain that you get, it just a culmination of things that just eventually just kick you in the teeth. And yeah. it was, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life period. Um, and, and graduating college is pretty mentally taxing too. So <laughs> uh, I, uh, I've, I, I, we had talked about this and I, you know, I have done Leadville and I've done a couple, you know, I, I've done hundred milers 
for a while and things like that. You know, obviously, I've, you know, I've been a bike racer since the 80s, so you're going to get those triple-digit rides in. Um, I, and I've, I've been trying to reflect because when I finished, I immediately said this was harder than Leadville. This was harder than Leadville. And I've been trying to kind of put that into perspective with a little bit of time after the event to go, it, was, it, was it the same? Was it different? Was it harder? Was it easier? Um, I, I know for a fact that because of heat exhaustion, I have not put myself into a heat, into a hurt locker that deep in, in very likely my entire cycling career. I have hurt myself, but I haven't. I'm still recovering. Uh, hence, this show started 10 minutes late because I'm still sleeping. I'm, I was still sleeping. I'm hitting, uh, you know, 7 or 8 p.m., and I'm immediately, a wall of fatigue hits me. Um, I think I did, you know, I, I, I hurt myself on this one. And um, I, I'm not going to say it was, was not the hardest because it was, it was, it was incredibly difficult. Um, and uh, it's it, it's if it isn't the hardest, it is tied for first. <laughs> it's it's brutal. And for those of you guys who think it's a who were bashing it, you know, for those true dyed in the wool roadies who are going, oh, it's just fucking fondo. You know what? Yeah, in in essence, it is. But uh, but um, I don't know about you, Jay, but I found that I was racing not necessarily, and that this is, by the way, in my vision, this is the fr- this is the future of, of of cycling, because you're racing against others, but you are also racing against the course. Yeah. And, and um, I, I Pete Stetna finished hours and hours before me. Uh, spoiler alert: he won. Um, but that didn't matter. I wasn't racing against Pete. Um, after a while, I was racing against Hup Hup Guy. I was racing against, um, uh, you know, that the there was one dude in a uh, kind of pink and brown kit who kept passing me, and I kept passing him, and he kept passing me. It becomes a race within a race, and I think that's what this sport so crucially needs. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think it, um, and it, it comes together to create a competitive atmosphere that can also at the end of it be together and know that it was just the event and that's not who the people are you know they can come together and have a beer and have treats or throw up at the finish line and all and all be (laughs) together and celebrate what they just did and i think it's a really cool thing that our sport has created yeah Okay, part five, the epilogue, the end of this whole thing. Jackson, give me your, your uh, if you had to pick two best moments, what would they be? Um, I think Lemon Twistenberg was one of the coolest moments. Um, just going through there, and I felt, I felt confident, I felt really good, and just being able to kind of go through that flowy single track was so, was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and... My, my other one is not not to be too cheesy, but um, my girlfriend had my Wahoo uh, signal oh, the entire yeah. time where I was, and she could see my mileage on it and everything and, and, and the route that I had plotted. And she had texted me on every one of the milestones. Um, you're at, you're halfway there. You're broke 100, 10 miles to go. Like, Jimmy's rooting for you. All those things <laughs> were like, going up on my Wahoo. And I was like, this is getting me through. Um, like this is motivating me to know that like when I come home, I get to tell this story and like experience their reaction yeah. along with me. I, I, that really got me through as well. 
Mine were, uh, it's very similar. You sh it's very interesting. You should mention those because uh, we must have been, we must be related because mine was Sandy Bandy, which was a later gravel section, which did have some of that sand, which I have always mentioned how bad I am at cyclocross, but I was navigating the deeper sand. I was in a zone at that moment. That was like the the last third of the race and I was just starting to kind of recover from everything and I started to feel good and I was passing people and I was feeling really good in that. That was one. And then the other one was, was your, my wife texted me and that's why I love about my, again, we're not sponsored by Wahoo. I love that I can get a text on my Wahoo and I can look down and, and she, she said something similar, just like you got this, you know, in hearts. And I, I, uh, yeah, this is going to sound a little after-school specialist, uh, special style, or 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 uh, even even Hallmark Channel-y. But when you get to share these experiences with somebody, and somebody who also who understands and tolerates you, and under, and understands that you're doing this, yes, for a selfish reason, but you're. I don't know. It's it's when you have somebody who's who's willing to go on that adventure with you. As I said earlier in the entire podcast, my wife came for a vacation. She came for this whole thing. She knew that these two or three days were going to be all about my son and my husband, and she accepted that. and 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 that is so cool to have somebody like that. And when I saw that text from her, it was when I was in a bad place. And I I saw that text, and it just kept me going. It it kept me moving the cranks around, and those were my best moments. Um, Jackson, I um, how have you felt since? Um, yeah, you know, I think I'm at a point where I'm somewhat fully recovered um my i i, I put an asterisk next <laughs> to a somewhat i i i may have mentioned this before but i did have a little bit of numbness in my pinky uh my left hand pinky uh um yeah i i definitely recovered with some some interesting difficulties blister. Um, you, you were talking about the blister on your toe and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, it, it, you just come out with some some memories on the other side, whether it be mental or physical. Um, equipment choices. Would you make any different equipment choices of the, other than the last two gears that didn't work? Yeah, you know, if um, I th I think I might get some new shoes um, yeah. that fit a little better. Um, but but other than that, you know, the bike performed really well. Um, it did what I asked it to do. I still have a numb toe, not my pinky toe, but the next one closer to it. I don't know, my ring pinky toe. <laughs> um, that one is still numb. Uh, I I made the roadie decision to not take a, a little handlebar bag, and I put everything in my jersey, and that was a mistake. Uh, the jersey was off to the side the whole time, and there was stuff in there in my jersey that I had, like, spares for the whole ride. I, it wasn't food that I consumed that I eventually got rid of. And that was a mistake. And I would definitely, definitely, definitely pull my head out of my ass and just make a point to either, I don't know, set an alarm for every 60 seconds. Take a drink. Take a drink. Take a drink. Yeah. You know, I, I meet a lot of guys on road bikes whose, whose computers are chirping at them all day. So mine might as well chirp every 60 seconds and tell me to drink something. Um, what would you say if someone were to ask you if you were going to do it again? Um, I think initially I said, ask me in a week. Um, at the <laughs> moment I'd say I'll, I'll give it a year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's a, 
maybe right now, right? Yeah. I know I will find myself doing it again. I know for a fact I will find myself doing it again. I can't believe I'm saying that. This process has changed my life. Uh, when I signed up for this, um, I, I don't want to get all cheesy again, but I was 30 pounds heavier. Um, this this process, I, I have to have. I know that I have to have something on the on the on the schedule. Um, I I turned. 52 over the process of the training of this and over the process of this trip and um i i got to i got to experience this and i'm going to be cheesy i got to experience this with you i got to experience this with my wife and um it i i i will this will be a place card in my brain when you die, you're supposed to have a quick amount of flashbacks, of flashcards of your life. And I know that what happened this last weekend will be one of those flashcards. I'm just going to say that. It was absolutely epic, and I loved it, and I will do it again because, um, yes, it's horrible, but it's, it's beautiful. Uh, if you had any vi- advice, Jackson, for the newbie, what would you give him? Uh, I'd say drink, 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 and... Uh... <laughs> drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, be able to roll with the punches because yeah. you're not going to be able to do what you initially set out you think you're going to be able to do. Yeah, we don't even know the results. We don't know how we fared. We haven't seen the results yet, and I don't think it matters. But I'd l- I will look. I, you know, it, It's kind of cool. Um, is this fun, stupid, or a bit of both? What would you say? I'd call it a type 2 fun. It's not fun at all during, but it was pretty fun after. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a bit of both. Uh, yeah. Uh, last last thing um, in terms of value, give them letter grades. Uh, the aid stations letter grade. Uh, I would I would give them an A. I think they supported me with what I needed. Um, I think I just might like a flatter route for one of them to be able to give. Me, <laughs> but uh, timing the timing itself, uh, the race timing, event timing. I don't know if I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't even get uh, the 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 race support, the venue, the swag, the, all that kind of stuff. Another A. Um, okay. They, it was a professional, very professional event overall. Now here's where we're going to give it. This is a new thing. Um, I, and by the way, I, I forgot to give mine. Aid stations. I'm going to give a, an an A minus a B because uh, they were running low on water, and that's I know that's not something that they planned for, but um, usually you would expect an event to probably overplan, and with something like water, which is so vital that I would recommend, you know, that they they probably are look if they're listening to this, they're going to go fucking duh. Of course, we're going to include more water next year. You know, I think that was an error on their part. Um, so I'm going to give them an A minus B plus on that one. Uh, the timing, I would like to know my results a little faster. I'd love a, I'd love an electronic kiosk. I'd love a web link where I can immediately find my time in terms of how, uh, you know, how that came. Because I know Hup Hup guy wanted to know his fucking time. And, and I know working an event that uh, people want to know how they did. And so I think you should be able to provide that a little quicker. The event and the swag and the venue, I'm, get, I'm definitely giving an A. It's, it's a world-class event. It's, I would recommend it highly. Uh, so our last thing is we're going to give it on in terms of one to five chain rings, Jackson. Uh, if you had a scale of one to five, what are you going to give this? What are you going to give the Belgian Waffle Ride, San Diego, Hell of the West? Not the Belgian Waffle because there are more Belgian Waffle Rides, but this one yeah. event itself, one to five chain rings. 
I might give it five chain rings. I think it, like you said, it's going to be a memory that I will remember for the rest of my life. I, you know what? I'm I, because this is the first time we've used this rating system. This is what we're going to base all the other events off of. This is, I agree, and I'm going to give it a five. I think they're great people. I, did, you know, even the Hup Hup guy was an asshole, but he wasn't mean asshole. He was just a dumb asshole. And um, everybody else I met at the event was I, I I didn't meet a person who wasn't who was angry or negative. Uh, the pros you can approach, you can walk up to them, you shake their hands. If you're an autograph person, you can ask for autographs. Uh, I, I chatted with Nelson Vales. If you are old like me, you know who Nelson Vales is. Um, and and he's just walking around. You know, pe- these people are walking around. It's it's if it's 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 Mecca right now. These are going to be the days we talk about. Remember when gravel was cool. And I, I hate to say that, but this is what's going to happen. These are the days when gravel was cool. And this is our camel out of gravel. So everybody get out there and appreciate these races while they're here. What, anything you want to add to that one, Jay? No, I like like I said, it was it was a really cool place and a really cool time. So yeah. I loved it. Absolutely. I know my battery's about to die on my soundboard. This soundboard that creates a static in the back the entire time. Um, and I, I, you know, I spent a lot of money on the fucking thing and, um, yeah, it can kiss off. Uh, but, uh, dude, f- first, th- you know, thanks for, thanks for doing this with your old man. And I, I should say that about thanks for doing all this shit with your old man, because, you know, here we are doing this shit. Um, I appreciate it. And for those of you who, who, who want to pull the trigger on something of, of this magnitude, you want to do it outside of your own community, um, Put Belgian Waffle on your list. It, it, they do a good job. It's a it's a great race. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody. Thanks to thanks to Mojo for making our bikes ready to go. Thanks for uh, for Scratch Labs for fueling us at least until we couldn't get any more Scratch Labs. Maybe that's a problem. Um, and 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 thanks to you guys, listeners, for being a part of it. And uh, we got a, a great Tour de France recap show coming up in just a few short days. Uh, we're going to find out who has to ride a TT bike into hell, and uh, and that'll be a fun one. So uh, other than that, Jackson, thanks for being a part of this, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. I'll talk. We'll talk to you guys later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.